Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The moral outrage over wealthy parents getting their kids into college with bribes, fixed SAT scores, and fake athletic feats continues unabated more than a week after the college admission scandal was revealed. But will that translate into those wealthy parents spending any time in jail? Joining me to answer that question and more is former federal public defender James Cohen, a professor at Fordham Law School. So, Jim, is there even a chance that one of these parents will serve time in prison? Oh, absolutely. Indeed, I would rate the odds as there's a a bigger chance that they will than that they won't. Really? Why do you say that? Because most legal experts are saying... it's a morally outrageous offense. It's the wealthy helping the wealthy uh, with no regard or insight into the fact that that's what they're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying any of these parents or that none of these parents struggled over whether to do it. And I'm sure there are some people out there that struggled and decided not to. But that's not the group we're talking about. We're talking about the group that struggled and decided to do it. Isn't this the type of crime, though, that is usually plea bargained down? The answer is no. I think that the prosecutors rightfully want to send a message, uh, as they say. They want general deterrence. They want the educational marketplace, so to speak, to be perceived as clean and honest by the public. I'm not saying there won't be any deals, but I am saying that the deals are not going to be fantastic. Uh, You're not going to get great deals out of this conduct. So at a court appearance for one of the parents, Greg Abbott, the CEO of International Dispensing, who's now on leave, when asked how much time he could face by the judge, the prosecutor told the judge 12 to 24 months, and Abbott's lawyer told the judge zero to six months. You know, defense lawyers want to make sure that their client believes that they, the defense lawyer, are pitching it downward. I tried to find out quickly what the guidelines were, could not find out. They probably are somewhere in the range for both of those, that is 12 to 24 and whatever the other one was. But a judge is not bound by those guidelines. A judge is going to say, this is absolutely disgraceful. And I won't say throw the book at these people in the sense that the guidelines, let's say, are two years. I'm not saying they're going to get five years, but I don't think the discount off the guideline sentence is going to be very great at all. Many of these parents have hired high-power attorneys in big law firms. And if they're going that route, aren't those attorneys going to try to bargain down to, let's say, community service, a hefty fine? and just say, you know, if you're not going to do that, Mr. Prosecutor, we're going to trial. And the prosecutor is going to say, bring it on. (laughs) The prosecutor is going to say, great. I need more trial experience. Let's do it. These cases are not triable for the most part. I don't know all the details, but these cases are not what we call triable from the defense attorney's perspective. You have some people saying, for example, playwright David Mamet wrote a letter posted last week in The Hollywood Reporter in support of Felicity Huffman and saying, you know, it's just being a parent defense. You know, it wasn't for me. It was for my kid. Yeah. The judge is going to say denied. You of all people should have known better. You are people of privilege to the nth degree. And you of all people should know better. Suppose this does go to trial. Let's say there is a 
defense attorney who says, all right, we're going to go to trial if you're not going to give us a deal. A deal, right. What are the likely defenses at a trial? That's a good question. I think it will depend on the case. In some of these cases, the tape recordings may not be as clear as they are in others. And that would be a defense where you never heard the parents say, I want to do it because I want to corrupt the educational system, right? I mean, that's a silly example, but, you know, there is going to be some wiggle room in some of these cases just because. But that wiggle room, in general, is not going to be enough to exonerate the parents who participated in this. And I suppose that one of the defenses will be if the mastermind testifies that he offered it to me. I wasn't looking for this kind of a deal. I didn't want to do this, but he's the bad guy. Right. And the, <laughs> the prosecutor is going to say, you know, that's exactly right. I think it's Skinner is his name. Skinner is the bad guy. But so is the defendant on trial. What's going on right now? The parents have now hired these attorneys. Yeah, the parents are lawyering up, as, as we say on TV. <laughs> parents are lawyering up, and they're going to begin some sort of discussions with the prosecutor, at least on the issue of bail. I don't think bail will be an issue for any of these parents, but they're going to probably have to turn over their passports, which is a bit of an indignity. And then they're going to set the case for trial. They'll set the case for motions, and maybe one or more of the lawyers will think up some clever grounds for motions. But then at some point, they're going to arrive in Boston for trial, or they're going to arrive somewhere to plead guilty. Because as a practical matter, they cannot ignore the benefits of the reduction in the sentencing guidelines for acceptance of responsibility. When you're dealing with relatively small amounts of time, which we are here, then the two or the three points off, depending on what the uh, guidelines started at, is going to be important. None of the kids who are charged, benefit right. are charged, and some right. of them appeared from the uh, allegations of the prosecutors. Some of them appeared to be participants in it. Some of them didn't know at all. Do you think that down the road they'll be charged as well? I think that's a possibility. I think it really will depend ultimately on the prosecutor's reassessment of the children's involvement versus the parents' involvement. It wouldn't surprise me at all that as the prosecutor gets on top of each of these cases, looking at each of them through the new lens, that they will say, you know, this child really was participating. And by the way, they're not so much children, right? How old are these young people? They're 18, 19? Yeah. They're far from adults in any meaningful way, but they're also, they're not children in any meaningful way either. All right, I'm sure the, the parents... prosecutor could say, I'm going to give you a break because obviously you weren't raised very well. Ooh, I'm sure they're glad that you're not the judge in these cases. Thank you so much, Jim. That's James Cohen, professor at Fordham Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.